Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Ask and ye shall receive. We were talking last hour about the NIL money and A.D. Mitchell talking about how he now can pay his child's daycare, mm-hmm. his uh, young daughter. And uh, Ty was asking how much daycare costs, and I haven't done it in 20 years. You're about to do it, Rod. Oh, man. But uh, got this message. It says, we have two kids in daycare. It's about $900 a kid. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> that's because my wife works for the school district and provides daycare. Oh, so you got a discount. If we didn't take our kids there, it would be anywhere between $1,200 and $1,700 Ooh, a child. A child. <laughs> yes. that's so that's why my is. grandma lived in my house while I was That's exactly up. right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that's, and that's how people move closer to family. Like like you say, like, like, like no, we're moving, we're moving back, uh, you know, back there where my mom and dad live or her mom and dad live. Somebody says here over thirteen k a year for daycare. That was uh, – Four years ago. Four years ago. Shady Hollow. Inflation. Yeah. Inflation. It's going over there. Everything's going up, right? Everything's going oh, up. Oh, man. Yeah. That just. All right. I'm a little sad. It's okay. Yeah. Speaking Sorry. of that. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. Come in. Well, and we it's. Got no uh, <laughs> we got no choice. <laughs> we got no choice. We got no choice. We're going to make it work. That's what we're going to do, David. And trust me, Rod, right, if you're thinking about it, Rod, Ty, if you're about having kids, they don't get cheaper because now oh, they no. then wait till they get to college. Oh. <laughs> Scholarship, baby. It's hey, like working these hey, kids I, out now. I pay for my own college. That's good. Well, I that's did awesome. too. So that's what I'm telling. I'm, there telling, you go. I'm telling young Monroe, hey, you know what? Let's go. So she can start working out. We're gonna start working out. The mind and the body. Despite, <laughs> despite what people might think about um, myself as a Westlake kid, I did pay. You did pay for your own, right? Uh, now we've heard those stories. Good, good for you too. Way, that's right. And uh, okay. paid for a good, good chunk of mine too. And that's just the way that goes. I mean, uh, have to. I don't know. And here we go. Right. So, might have been my uh, own doing, but. It's okay. <laughs> Still though, hey, got done. Or oh, oh, that's right. You it could have been paid for, but you kind of screwed the pooch on that deal. Is that, is that what is that the deal? Yeah, I had a, a me, me and my father had a had a, a bit of a shaky senior year of high school. So I got you. Okay. I got you. Hey man. Hey, hey man. only like well, ten, only like ten to twelve thousand dollars of student loan debt though, and that's that's pretty good for six years that's, of college. I would say, that's actually not bad. That's yeah. not bad at all. Yep. No. Yeah. No question. No question. All right. So that's all going on and. Uh, uh, coming off what the facts, we got uh, Rod's rant coming up, and as what we mentioned, facts? Sean Bajani will jo- join us, who covers the Texans for uh, Sports Radio Six Ten down in Houston. Texans uh, f- fans are fired up, Rod. They're excited it about the uh, first time in a while that they have a game that uh, has major importance. Last year, the game in Week Eighteen was all about getting the number one pick, and they couldn't comp- accomplish that. Couldn't do it. Actually, actually worked out for them because they ended up getting CJ Stroud with two picks. Yeah, I, well, I don't know where they were leading, but yeah, I mean. Ugh. That would have been ugly if they got Bryce Young. Could you imagine what his organization would be right now? It would be trouble. Yeah. It would be bad. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. But uh, <laughs> a lot to do this hour and this uh, this morning. It's a free fall. Give it give it to him, Rob, one more time. It's a freak flag. Feel good. Thank Take you. it to you. Thank Make you it. Ric Flair. Woo! Football Friday edition. I'll hook him up with Ian Rod B. All right, let's get to the uh, top headlines, top stories, including a couple more Longhorns off to the NFL. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. And, yeah, Longhorns, the exodus of 2023 Longhorn stalwarts into the NFL continued yesterday with word that both defensive tackle Byron Murphy and running back Jonathan Brooks will forego future eligibility at Texas to make themselves available for the NFL draft. Murphy earned Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year honors in 2023, pairing with Tamandre Sweat to form that wall in the middle of the Texas defense. The junior from DeSoto uh, tallied 29 tackles, 8.5 for loss and 5 sacks, scored two touchdowns, including one on Monday night in the Sugar Bowl. With the Longhorns, of course, uh, saw their season come to an end. Brooks, meanwhile, making the move in order to strike while his professional stock is at its highest. Even in the aftermath of his torn ACL, suffered against TCU on November the 11th, uh, he is concerned, currently ranked as the number one tailback available for the 2024 draft, according to Mel Kuyper Jr., uh, third year back from Hallettsville. Uh, rushed for over 100 yards or more six times, including 218. That was the season high against Kansas this year. Uh, Brooks and Murphy follow Xavier Worthy, who declared for the draft on Tuesday, still waiting on official word from 
Quinn Ewers, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, tight end J.T. Sanders on what their decisions will be. Also from college football yesterday, former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard announced he plans to continue his college career at Ohio State. He's expected to compete with the redshirt freshman Devin Brown for the Buckeyes starting quarterback job there. Uh, also a major coaching move at Oklahoma. Kind of came out of nowhere yesterday. Brett Venables announced that OU defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Ted Roof is out. Sooners expected to hire Jacksonville State defensive coordinator Zach Alley. Alley's 28 years old, worked under Venables at Clemson, just finished his first season at Jacksonville State as the D.C. there. In high school football, four members of the Longhorn 2024 signing class taking part in tomorrow's All-American game down in San Antonio. A pair of future horns have been turning heads already. On Wednesday, the 2024 Texas quarterback commitment, Trey Owens, identified as a standout performer for that day's workout. And then yesterday, on three sports, scene, uh, sports director and scouting director Charles Power identified wide receiver Trey Wingo as the standout performer for all of the practices for three days in San Antonio. The game is tomorrow at noon in the Alamo Dome. Final week of the NFL's regular season kicks off tomorrow with a doubleheader. Week 18 action. Uh, 3.30 tomorrow. Baltimore hosting Pittsburgh. Game means nothing to the Ravens. They're already the top seed in the AFC, but it means a lot to the Steelers. They can clinch a postseason berth with a win and a loss by either Buffalo or Jacksonville. And tomorrow night, a massive game in Indianapolis. Colts and Texans with an AFC playoff spot and possibly the AFC South title on the line. We mentioned Cowboys need to beat Washington Sunday afternoon. NBA, good game down in San Antonio last night. How about Giannis Antetokounmpo? Poured in 44 points, grabbed 14 rebounds. Helped Milwaukee overcome an electric performance by Victor Wembanyama. Bucks win the game 125-121. On his 20th birthday, Wemby scored 27 points, grabbed nine boards, and delivered several highlight reel plays in the loss. I'll let the Bucks get the better of it. In the, uh, also last night, the only other game, Denver rallied from 18 down in the fourth quarter to stun Golden State, 130-127. And the game was won by Nikola Jokic. Jokic on a 40-foot bank shot at the buzzer. Did he call glass? Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Even though Jonathan Brooks is considered the top running back off the board right now, I wonder if um, his draft stock will be affected by not being able to work out. I think so. At all. Cause yeah, he'll be. Because he's but, not going to do anything for the draft, well, draft process. Well, and last year, obviously, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs ended up as top 15 picks, but that's yeah. becoming more and more rare yeah. in pro football to have a running back go that high. And even being Mel Kuyper's top-ranked running back, um, probably a second-round pick at, at his, at right his, at his ceiling, yeah. high second potentially. Yeah. Remember, like High second, that's where Brees Hall went to the Jets out of yeah. Iowa State. That's yeah. who I kind of see – you know, Jonathan Brooks, kind of that kind of player. I like that. Uh, because we saw Jay Brooks be able to run between the tackles, get the perimeter. Also in the passing game, he was really good. Yeah, second level, he's good. Uh, he's got patience. He's got great patience. Yeah, he really learned a lot from Tashard yeah. Choice and working behind Bijan and Roshan. We've talked to his before his injury. He kind of was a mold of both of those guys. He had a little bit of Bijan in the shake and the ability to make people miss, a little bit of Roshan and that ability to run over people. And then yeah. we also saw him at the top end speed be able to run away from people. Yep. And get involved in the passing game. So, but to your point of where his draft status will be, you know, I, I the process to play, but he won't he won't be able to work out. But he'll be able to go to the combine and do interviews and yeah. do medicals and see where the knee is. I mean, the, the reports out of uh, the Texas side is that it was a clean tear of the ACL. So yeah. a lot of times those come come back together and uh, with, with medical advances and his training and regimen. There's expect, expectation he could be ready for training camp. And if that's the case, right, if the, if yeah. the NFL teams read him, it's okay, he'll be ready for camp and should be good to go. It's his first knee injury or big injury of any kind. Then we'll, we'll take the risk. I mean, you get him in the third round? Uh, yeah, I, right now I think he'd be the middle-round pick. I just, I just don't know what the like I said, running backs already devalued and his injury is going to devalue him even more. I would say, yeah, middle round, third to – Anyway, so if you go in the third, you're in the top 100. I mean, you get one of those compensatory picks between the third and fourth kind of thing. I'm thinking third round right now. Because remember, compensatory yeah. picks come in, they, they slot them at the end of the third round into the fourth, and that's usually what wraps up day two. Because day one is all first round. Day two is second and third plus compensatory comp picks, and then they come back on Saturday with, uh, you know, four through seven. Yeah. Uh, you, if you're a player, you'd love to be drafted in the first two days. That means you're top 100. And uh, that's kind of where I would slot him. But, again, it really depends on the process. But, you know, the, as we saw, talked about yesterday, the alternative is coming back for Texas in a more crowded running back room where C.J. Baxter, uh, Jaden Blue, you know, you're adding Jarrett Gibson out of uh, IMG Academy, also the kid Clark from Arizona. Four, yeah. you've got, got a pretty crowded running back room. Whereas, uh, to me, if you're Jonathan Brooks and you're still rated that high, you get drafted, you get to rehab with an NFL team and begin your 
begin the clock on your NFL career. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Ned. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team told him they, you know, because he's a part of a project because of the injury, just sit on the practice squad for one year. And I know he can be ready right away. Um, but man, rushing injuries like that, sometimes no need to it. I would love for a team that doesn't need a running back right away to draft him, and have the luxury of saying, oh, get healthy, practice squad for a year. And then we'll bring you up, and then we'll or later on in the year, like you're seeing some teams now, right? They're already pretty much solidified their playoff seating, and now they're bringing up practice squad guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, to play the last game because Baltimore. Uh, yeah, a lot of teams. San Francisco. Yeah, they're gonna let they're gonna let, they're basically gonna let all the practice squad guys play. And this is one of those games you'll probably just evaluate the practice squad guys and be like, you know what, we're keeping three of these guys because. Well, and you get to watch them for a week of practice too, in a lot yeah. of cases, more than you have. Exactly. So I think. I would ideally like him to do that. I don't want him to rush it back because I don't want to risk re-injury with, with that. Because for a running back, that could, that's devastating. And then for Byron Murphy, right, he's going to be seen as an undersized tackle, but the motor never stops. He's probably also a top 100 kind of player. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, um, yeah, he definitely is a top 100 player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a defensive tackle. And we'll, we'll obviously as we get through – this and then the playoffs. We'll get into draft season and, and the, the Senior Bowl, which uh, uh, Murph, uh, By- Byron Murphy will perform in. Tavondre yeah. Sweat's going to Jay that. Jay Witt's in it. Jay Witt is Jay in Witt it. Jay Witt accepted the invitation. Now, now, Alfred Collins was going to go play in it, but now he's, he's coming, back. coming back. So he won't be in that Senior Bowl. Uh, he'll be is come J- back to anchor the Texas defensive so line. Wait, that's the, is Jaday Barron playing in that? I think so, yeah. yeah. Jaday. Uh-huh. Jaday in there too? Yep. Uh, yeah. I think there's five. Five Longhorns. There was going to be six without for Collins. Yeah, that'll be worth following. Yeah, a lot of Longhorns representing. And, and, and really, it's for those who don't know, it's t- nobody cares about the actual bowl game. It's the practices that you got to keep up with yeah. for the Senior Bowl. And of course, the Senior Bowl is coached by the NFL, NFL teams, coaches and yeah. their whole staffs. I don't know who's going to be picked for that. I should look that up. Yeah, I'll look that up. Who it is? All right. Go so uh, there we go with the Texas, and we'll talk obviously draft as the draft emerges and where these guys could slot to Andre Sweat. Uh, will likely be the first Longhorn off the board, T-Sweat? That's a great question. Who's the first Longhorn A.D. Mitchell, drafted? but he hadn't made an announcement it's, yet. It's going to be the A.D. or Tavondre Sweat, in my opinion. It'll be one of those two guys. Agreed. Uh, and, All the and, mocks and, say it's A.D. right now. A.D. Right? is, you know, his production is on, you know, his on-field film speaks for itself. The question, you know, his testing will matter. Uh, for sure. Xavier Worthy, obviously, has a chance to be one of those first-round guys, too. All right, Rod, um, yeah, this could be year, the year where the Longhorns get three first-round picks, or at least three top 50 picks, and that hadn't happened in forever. Uh, uh, yeah, they're gonna, I mean, I wonder how many guys they'll have drafted total. I mean, what, five or six, potentially? Well, if you have three in the top, let's just say Jay Is Witt. Murphy. Not Jay Witt. I mean, Murphy, Sweat, X-Man, and A.D. Mitchell. That's four, That's four, probably in the top 50 or 60 picks. And then you got... Then you got Jay Brooks, Jay Barron, Jay, 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 uh, Jay Witt at some point late. That's, a, on that's an interesting one. Well, Jay, I, I don't, the injury history was it is going to really hurt. Christian Jay Jones Witt. likely Christian gets drafted Jones, on day three. I think he's a he's a late yeah he's a yeah he's a late round pick. Did Jay Witt? I'm not sure. I, I think Jalen Ford likely yes. is a top yeah. 100 player. No doubt. Yep. So and remember we learned we've learned that Jay Witt played the second half of the season. It feels like with a bit of a hernia problem. Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, so Jay Witt had the hernia early. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean it could be. Pushing eight or nine. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on how it works out, this could be a record draft. Could be. Could be. Uh, for Texas. But, yeah, Jay Witt, I'm not sure. That's, I, he, he, I would like him to be a drafted, but he doesn't have a lot of productivity on the field. He's got – he'll have glowing endorsements um, from the coaches. He'll interview well. Yeah, he'll interview really well. But he doesn't have a lot of productivity on the film uh, – on the field film-wise. And then he has the injury history. And raw receiver is the deepest draft. You're right about it's, that. It's the deepest position in this draft. And it's the deepest position in football. So I think it's going to – all that's going to push him down. And I don't know if he'll get drafted. But he'll be a priority free agent if he doesn't. That's if right. If he's not drafted late, he'll be a priority free agent for a team. I guarantee you that. And I think he's – I think he's got what it takes to – Make an NFL roster, or at least. And be a we didn't even mention JT Sanders, who has not made his announcement yet, but he also will be a draft pick. Um, yeah, I think they could. could uh, what's the record? I got to go look it up. CP probably knows, but I go look up how the record number of players. You know, drafted. you're heading in a good direction. In the start, modern draft for Texas, uh, recruiting classes turn into draft picks, right? High, high high recruits turn into guys, and this is where Texas is. Is it's why they're growing maybe ahead of schedule. Is some guys who didn't look like draft picks few when they, at the beginning of their career, like a Jalen Ford. Now they are, right? So you're taking those those guys that weren't, and now they are. And the guys who are five stars, like JT Sanders, uh, like X-Man, you know, those were highly recruited players. Well, they're also now going to be first-round picks. No. But Devondre Sweat and Jalen Ford weren't seen as high draft picks two, three years ago. The fascinating thing about Jalen Ford, um, and we got a chance to speak with him um, during our third and Longhorn uh, simulcast, so shout-out to that. And shout-out to my man Nick Shuley, who does a great job. He sure does. It. But uh, Jalen Ford, lowest-rated recruit in that class. Lowest rated recruit in that class. And he said that 
he and this is it's crazy. We were talking because we actually got a chance to talk to uh, to, to Jalen Ford and got a chance to talk um, uh, to several other players because they do a couple of interviews. But we also uh, got a chance to talk to Kelvin Banks, and both players kind of remarked that at least Kelvin Banks did. He remarked that Texas had a, a, a reputation for not developing great players. Yeah, it's something it that he well thought known. about. It was well yeah, known. Yeah, yeah, and that was something that, that he had to, he had to get past. Um, and and uh, Jalen Ford had to get past. It's interesting that you know that, that's something that the players were well aware of. And for Jalen Ford, being the lowest rated recruit in that class, he is probably the best example of development that we've seen. I mean, they, there's a lot of great examples of it. Like I said, that guy was a three star, <laughs> who is now should have been should have won defensive player of the year. Yeah. Right, in the conference. Well, and I think you yeah. put Devondre Sweat in that, too. He was just a big guy. Uh, yeah, he was a big guy. motor, didn't know he was, yeah. wasn't in great shape. And now here he is. He could be a first-round pick as well. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. You're developing three stars into draft picks, high draft picks at that, and you're developing – and the five stars are also on track, right? I mean, yep. in, in the highly recruited DX-mans and the, um, you know, the JT Sanders, three years into their careers, they're moving on. And that's, that's something that, sh- that Sark and the Zaf don't shy away from uh, when they're recruiting, you know, the Colin Simmons of the world, well, the Anthony Hills of the world. The, the sales pitch is so much easier now, especially yep. after they get all these guys drafted. You're talking about six to eight guys, whatever it is, drafted. The narrative, like I said, the guys even there who on the campus right now, when they were being recruited, they were aware of the narrative. That was the negative recruiting pitch against Texas. Oh, man, they don't develop. You want to go there? They don't develop. They don't win games, and they don't win championships. They don't, com- they don't play for championships. All those things actually were true at the time. And now, uh, you know, that negative recruiting pitch against Texas for the last 15 years is shattered. Like, you can't use it. Nope. So I'm trying to figure out how you negatively recruit against Texas now because you can't say they don't play for championships. They just did. You can't say they don't develop talent because they've already – they're about to show you that they're gonna, they can uh, develop a lot of talent into NFL draftable prospects. And the NIL money is there, and the city of Austin is great. The academic institution is also one of the highest ranked in the country. I, I just – and I'm not bragging at all. I'm not trying to be a homer here. I'm just saying realistically – What's the negative recruiting pitch against Texas now? Because it used to be pretty easy. Oh, it was, now it's not as easy. <laughs> and they were still getting good recruiting classes. They were still getting good. Uh, good they weren't developing them, though, and that became the, ne- yeah. the, the negative. All right, coming up, bottom of the hour for you Texans fans and NFL fans, a good uh, conversation with Sean Bajani, who covers the Houston Texans for 610 Radio, the uh, sports talk down there, uh, flagship for the Texans, huge game. Uh, what is the health then of uh, the, the Texans going into this one? They already lost to the Colts in the, at the first part of the year, their second matchup with Indianapolis, a playoff spot on the line. We'll get to Sean coming up. But right now, let's get Rod's first rant of a Friday morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, my man CB is the uh, the unofficial, the best unofficial producer in the game. You you, uh, you ask and you shall receive. I, mean, I, I knew CB had the information because I think I seen I seen it up from a tweet from you, CB. So shout out to my man Chris Bennett at Chris GB double zero two thousand. Uh, the most NFL draft picks in a single draft in the Mac Brown era is seven in two thousand seven. Um, he said he believes that's going to be surpassed in 2024. He also mentioned uh, 2024 uh, could be one of the best drafts Texas could have in a very long time. Uh, 2007, Texas had seven draft picks tied with 1992 and 1991. Texas had eight players drafted, most in a draft since the historic 1984 uh, draft. Texas had, had then a record of 17 draft picks. That was the not the modern draft. Well, and I, I think, I mean, if, you, if you're asking me, I think eight are almost certain to be drafted. Eight, almost certain. Sweat, Worthy, Mitchell, Sanders, Brooks, Jay Brooks, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, Christian Jones. That's eight. Mm-hmm. I think that, that those guys will all be drafted over the course of three days. The question marks become the Jay Witts, the Keaton Crawfords, these kind of players. I mean, eight is – that would break the record according to that, that tweet right there. According to my man, CB, Texas had uh, – yeah, 1991, Texas had eight players drafted, most in the draft since the historic – Eight players. Okay, so yeah. this would equal that. Yeah. And I think that's almost a certainty. It seems like it right now. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it seems And all like eight of those guys could go in the first five rounds. Cause I, I see Christian Jones as a third day. He's got, he got the arms. He's improved. He played six years. And he's not going to be a, a first or second day pick, but he could be a, a fifth-round type of player 
you know, um, as a as a tackle prospect, a swing tackle p- prospect, big picture. Uh, and he's still learning football, Christian Jones, right? He's he's a young player to the game, as you talked about his soccer background. And, yeah, he's been playing for what I think six, seven years and playing O line. Yeah, like but that. Sweatworthy, Mitchell, and Sanders will get, and Murphy, those guys will get top fifty jet consideration. Jay Brooks, we just talked about, and Jalen Ford. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys could be first two day picks. Yeah, which would be a, a quite the boon uh, for the program, and certainly for those young guys. And then Christian Jones, and then we'll see with with Jay Witt, Keaton Crawford, and some other guys who are going to go through the process uh, for the Longhorns. But it shows you the overall level of talent the Longhorns do have, and still plenty of talent coming back. And that's the thing about it: most of this talent, a lot of it was inherited talent yeah. that they have developed and shown that they can develop talent that they inherited. Uh, you know, you know, can't wait to see the guys that they have kind of handpicked for their systems and handpicked for their specific philosophy offensively and defensively and how they develop those guys. This was just the coaches doing a great job of what they were what handed and what they were given when uh, Sark took over. They've done an amazing job. I mean, a lot of these guys, we didn't think they had these kind of ceilings. We didn't think DeMondre Sweat had a best D tackle in the country ceiling, but he did. Uh, Jalen Ford, was, you know, nobody thought he had a, a ceiling to be the, one of the best linebackers in the country. Should have been defensive player of the year in the Big 12. So there you go. Shout out to my man CB. Always doing great work, and we appreciate you. Um, right, we'll get back to some Longhorn conversation. I want to talk a little bit of Texans here, just, and we're going to talk some more Texans actually coming up because the Texans got a big game coming up this weekend. Um, here's a little stat about the Texans and uh, D'Amico Ryans and what he and C.J. Stroud have done, the combination of the two. Um, since the year 2000, the combination of Ryans and Stroud marks the 13th time, the 13th time a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback um, started week one together. Of, that, of those 13 instances, uh, they're on the fifth, fifth duo to finish the season with a winning record. Uh, they're only the fourth duo to have a, a win differential of at least six games improvement from the previous season. And as you've been pointing out all morning, E, they got a chance to make the playoffs. Playoffs? Woo! Ten wins? <laughs> Come on now. Playoffs. Uh, so it that's uh, that's pretty amazing. It it really is. If they can obviously pull off pull off this uh, this this win over the the Colts and potentially you know not only make the postseason, but you said they got a chance to win a division. Is that true? If they win and Jacksonville were to lose to Tennessee, wow. and, and there's a question mark on Trevor Lawrence, whether Trevor Lawrence with an AC joint yeah. issue in his, right, in his throwing shoulder, where he's at now. You know, Mike Vrabel's been cussing this week. I mean, they don't, they're not giving in. Yeah, they have says, nothing to play yeah, for. Yeah. But, again, that's a, that's a divisional opponent. It's in Tennessee. Mm. Uh, and so if Jacksonville were to lose that game and Houston or whoever wins the Colts-Texas game will win the division. Wow. Okay. There you go. So even more on the line for this, for this group. And how about this, though, about this matchup? The Texans and the Colts were both 200-1 to 1 and 151, uh, second and third worst odds to win the Super Bowl entering the regular season and now playing for a playoff spot. That's pretty amazing. Hell, the Bucks were tied for the fourth worst Super Bowl odds of any team at 100-1 to 1 entering the season, and they got a shot to go to the playoffs this week. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, we, this, this is a – the NFL. That's why yeah, it's so it's, popular. I mean, you have your crazy. teams at the top end. I think, you know, Niners and Ravens are the best two teams. Cowboys, Lions, uh, Chiefs, Dolphins trying to argue that they're the next group. And uh, maybe the Bills even with their big game with Miami on Sunday night. But, yeah, and then there's this, this group that have come out of nowhere and uh, have a chance. Colts are in there. Texans are in there. Jacksonville's kind of underachieved this year. They were the heavy favorites to win I the AFC South. They could still do that with a win – in uh, Tennessee on Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, oh, good stuff. And we'll talk to Sean Bajani. Uh, looking forward to talking to him because he has been covering this team all year. So from D'Amico Ryan's introductory <laughs> press conference to Roller now goals. a chance to win a division potentially, amazing. pretty good stuff. We'll talk to Sean about his level of uh, uh, optimism for this game coming up on Saturday night. Remember, it's the primetime game. You know, this is Aikman and uh, Joe Buck, Rod. This is your big normal game. Monday night football yeah, game man. here. It's a big game. Like the Cowboys had last week against Detroit. So big game, center stage for C.J. Stroud and the, the young Colts team as well. We'll come back, talk to Sean Bajani, Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. Also the uh, Bullisher BS topics for the end of the hour. Appreciate you being with us on a football Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn, uh, another misty, kind of foggy morning, but uh, sunshine expected by this afternoon, so that's good. That is. And sunshine into the weekend, which we appreciate. It's been kind of one of those dreary 
post-Sugar Bowl malaises. I, it has the, felt like that. You're right. The yeah. weather has fit our, our kind of uh, disposition. The mood. <laughs> the mood, yeah. The mood. Uh, but, yeah, sunny and 62 tomorrow. Uh, should be real nice by this afternoon. If you have afternoon plans for your Friday or into the evening, looking pretty good. Already seeing the, the sun break through a little bit here as we get you up and going on a Friday morning. Yeah, Longhorn fans still bumming a little bit. And are out to the point where yesterday or last night, my week finally caught up with me. The trip to New Orleans and back, all of the uh, coverage we brought, and late nights in New Orleans, of course, yeah. New Year's Eve. I was asleep by 7.30. <laughs> I was looking for something to watch. I was sitting on the couch, and I was so tired. I had eaten a bowl of soup, and I'm like, man, I'm tired. It's passed out. Why not? I'm like, it's a rest, man. what am I doing up? There's nothing on. I could watch this Buck spurs game. I'm sure it's going to be good, but it's only January. I don't care. Fight and sleep like a baby. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bed. I agree. Go I'm ahead, going to bed. Need and, that extra uh, rest. See ya. Yeah, yeah, I was out. I was out cold. It's great. You uh, got extra time. Not a fo- no football on. Yeah, man. Because I know what this weekend's going to be. We've got a lot coming. Uh, another busy weekend here. we got a graduation party for my daughter and the Texans game and NFL and everything's going to come down. So we're looking forward to that. Party's on what day? Saturday? Saturday. Okay, at least. Afternoon. Oh, then you got the Texans game. At least it's prime time. There'll still be people here for the party, but I'll be locked in this room (laughs) watching the Texans game. (laughs) It is the first. I love this, though. It's the first primetime game they played all year. Oh, yeah. Well, they played at noon every day. Every game. And, well, yeah, <laughs> every and, game, the Texans. One Eastern window, whatever, that one Eastern st- uh, Standard Time window, they played their 1 p.m. game. Every game, except for this one. They've earned it, though. Yeah. They finally earned being in the primetime window. Yeah, and, we will, and we'll see if they can stand up in that spot because the Colts did beat them early in the year. Uh, they got to the run. That was week two. Yeah, that was actually their, that's probably their worst rush defensive performance. They allowed over five and a half yards per carry. That's, when, that's when Anthony Richardson was still playing as quarterback for the Colts. Yeah, he true, got too. hurt in that game. Good point. Suffered the first of his two injuries of the year. Of course, the rookie that they drafted right behind C.J. Stroud, right? I mean, he came out of Florida. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, and the Colts took uh, Anthony Richardson, and he ran all over Houston. And Houston had some turnovers early. Yeah. And um, that's when they got off that 0-2 start. And that's what's amazing. They went started 0-2, and now here they have a chance to make the playoffs. Well, they started out, wouldn't they play basically two dynamic dual-third quarters? They played, the, right? they played Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, start I believe, the week year. one. Yeah, in and Baltimore. Then, and then had Anthony Richardson in week two. And you know, that, that defense was still brand new to those guys. They've gotten a lot better defensively since then. They know the system a lot better now. Um, so hopefully their rush defense will be a lot better because uh, they got to stop Jonathan Taylor. Easier to stop him, like you said, without Anthony Richardson also as a running threat. In that backfield. Now well, you got Gardner Minshew, who's a different, you know, monster altogether. And remember, uh, you know, Jonathan, I mean, Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing in that first game. I was still in, he was in that holdout slash injury thing okay, in the yeah. month of September. So, no, this is, this is a big one. And, and the, the biggest issue I see for the Texans in this game is blocking the front for, for the Colts. The Colts' defensive tackles, the, the Colts' defensive line is really good. Uh, De, you know, DeForest Buckner and their duo, I mean, they wreak havoc on the interior. But the Longhorns are, excuse me, the, the, the Texans are pretty good. On the offensive line, when healthy, yeah. so uh, they've got a lot to do. But they Texans still dealing with some injuries. Noah Brown's hurt. Jonathan Grenard is hurt. Uh, he's listed. Those two are listed as out. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. hopeful, but he's questionable right now. Still trying to get back in there. They could use him for sure. Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, Laramie Tunsil, all listed as questionable. So ask Sean Bajani. We can connect with him. Uh, his thoughts on these games. Somebody said on the text line that uh, by the way, a number of those eight. Recruit eight draft picks for the Longhorns or a Tom Herman recruits. Give him some credit. Tip of the cap to Tom. Also says the Browns are in the second group of the AFC, and I think that's I won't undersell that. I mean, I I'm bullish on the Browns. We'll do bullish or BS coming up. The Browns into the playoffs. We're talking about the two best teams right now are the Niners and Ravens, and then there's the the group just under that in each conference: the Lions and Cowboys, um, you know, trying to you know make their claim, and then in the NFC in the AFC. It probably is Dolphins, Chiefs, Kansas but I. City, yeah. But but the Browns have to be considered because I don't think if the Browns were playing the Chiefs tomorrow, who would you pick? Uh, if the Browns were playing the Dolphins, I mean, because here, here's the number: since Joe Flacco's taken the quarterback reins, they're the number one defense in pro football. They lead. I mean, they're top five in almost every defensive category, Rod. Yeah. That you can find, and since Joe Flacco's taken the reins of quarterback, they're a top ten offense. Yep. They're averaging twenty five points a game. So that until and again, their turnover margin still probably not where it needs to be. They they turn it over a little bit too much for a, for a playoff team. But man, they're scary. I mean, they're one of those teams that. Uh, and as you've said, if they get a matchup with the Ravens, who they've already beaten this year, no one has. You know, when you're in a, when you play a divisional opponent in the playoffs, you're so familiar with them, mm-hmm. and that's one of the challenges of Baltimore is trying to deal with 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 uh, Lamar Jackson when you don't see him very often. Yep, exactly and, right. 
exactly right. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I, I, I wouldn't want to play them. And I think for Baltimore, they, they'd rather play any other team in the NFL rather than the Browns because of the familiarity. And uh, not only that, you, you don't really have a lot of film on Joe Flacco. I mean, he's played, what, four games? Four or five games, yeah. Four or five games. So it's not like you've got a huge sample size of film to watch on that offense with Joe Flacco because it's different than it's been. And by the way, their offense is different, period, because they've had four different starting quarterbacks. So they've had to change the offense all throughout the season. You just don't have a lot of consistent film to watch on the Browns' offense to determine exactly what their identity is going to be under those different quarterbacks. So it's kind of been a hodgepodge. So if you're an analyst um, going up against the Browns, they pre- present you with a lot of challenges try to figure out the patterns and the trends and their habits as an offense because they, they change them constantly, especially with Joe Flacco now taking over. And he has been lighting up, lighting it up. So they're going to be in every game because of their defense. Their defense will keep them in every game. The Joe Flacco stuff, is just add, that's an added bonus that he's lighting it up. And your passing game now can be pretty prolific. But they could be in any game with any team because nobody's just going to run. Yeah, their run, defense run will keep them in every defense. game. Yeah. I mean, you gave the stats this week, which were great, about the, the coaches who have won divisions with you know, four different quarterbacks or three different quarterbacks. Every one of them had a great defense. Yep. Every one of them had an elite defense, including the Bears of the mid-'80s, right? I mean, uh, with, with, with uh, Mike Ditka. Ditka. Uh, and that's, you know, the Browns have an elite defense. Uh, and that's, and every, every metric would tell you that. That's been the constant all year, to, to depending on, you know, no matter who the quarterback was, Browns are in that conversation. And as the five, you know, one of the, the advantages the Browns get in this AFC, Rod, is that as a, the five seed and they're locked into it, they're resting people this weekend. Joe Flacco won't play. Nope. They're they're getting a chance to rest a little bit here because they they they're locked and can't change. You know, n- nothing can change for them. So they're going to get a week to kind of get get rest and maybe get some more reps for Joe Flacco. Right, just continue to develop him uh, there in the AFC playoffs. All right. Speaking of AFC playoffs, can we go to the Vaqueros hotline and talk to someone who has covered uh, this Houston Texans team from the jump? Uh, D'Amico Ryan's uh, intro- introductory press conference to the uh, C.J. Stroud draft pick and where they are now with a chance to play their way into the playoffs on Saturday night in Indianapolis. Uh, he is tremendous. Sean Bajani works at uh, Sports Radio 610, talk show host, sports reporter there, covering the Texans, uh, the flagship station. Sean, how are you, man? I'm great, guys. Good morning. How are y'all? Doing great. We're doing good, Thanks, man. John. Hey, what's the uh, level of surprise in the city of Houston, certainly with you personally, that here we are one year in, like one season in for D'Amico Ryans and a rookie quarterback and all the injuries the Texans have taken. What's your level of surprise, and do you think the fan base surprised that they are a win away from maybe playing into the tournament? <laughs> I, I guess it's got to be a 10, uh, to be honest with you, and then maybe a 15 for a lot of people. I don't think uh, some can – you know, really wrap their minds around what they've been watching all season long. And, you know, you expect um, there to be opportunities within the AFC South. It's just kind of been that way over the course of the 22-year history of the Texans. But you certainly didn't expect them to show up on the map like they did this year in their first season under D'Amico Ryans. Um, a lot of people, I think, have transitioned, you know, from the house money feel of this season and um, I, I really think it kind of occurred around that, that Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, uh, you know, back-to-back games in which the Texans put up some terrific points. C.J. Stroud kind of burst onto the scene, led, you know, fourth-quarter uh, drives late inside two minutes, came back and won those games. When they saw that, I feel like they really started a different level of buy-in with this team, and the expectations changed. Hey, Sean, are we giving Nick Casario enough credit when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I don't think so. I, I, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And it's something that I've actually thought about here more recently in the last month, month and a half. You know, when when people look at the executive of the year voting, and uh, sometimes these things can be kind of political and you can get sort of career wards. I look at uh, the way that other things shake down in regards to poll bowl voting and coach of the year. Dan Campbell's probably going to get it because – you know, he's had a really good three-year stretch 
D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen, you know, maybe those guys deserve a little bit harder of a look. But when you talk about Casario, you got to look beyond just the draft and making the right moves in the offseason with free agency. The fact that the Texans have been the most injured team in the entire league this year, having the most guys land on season-ending IR, IR period, you've been able to go out and get guys like DeAndre Houston Carson to help you in the back end of the defense, Adrian Amos, Khalil Davis up front in that interior line. I mean, you go up and down, top to bottom. Derek Barnett, he's been here for six weeks and the impact that he's made. Pierre Tart's been here for probably three weeks, and he's played sparingly, but what he has played on that defensive line has been has been very, very productive in a short amount of time, and that's why you feel pretty good about going into a win-or-go-home situation on weekends like this against the Colts where you're down Jonathan Grenard, but you feel pretty good about the talent evaluation, the holdover of a guy that led you in sacks last year, Jerry Hughes. Uh, Will Anderson's probably going to play this weekend, a little bit more at least than he did this past week with 12 snaps. They were a productive 12 snaps. But I think you have to look at the in-season moves, really. Um, wouldn't you talk about Nick Casario and give him his flowers, certainly. Yeah, and obviously I go back to the trade of Deshaun Watson and the capital acquired for it to get out from under that mess and uh, kind of give Houston a clean and fresh start and the hiring uh, of, of D'Amico Ryans, who's been uh, – uh, talk about that, Sean. Sean Bajani is with us with Sports Radio 610 down in Houston, flagship of the Texans. They have a win-or-go-home game. It's essentially the first AFC playoff game on Saturday night in prime time. Sean, the, uh, the impact of D'Amico Ryans, uh, one of the most likable former players, uh, chose this job over some other opportunities he had coming out of San Francisco because he called it his dream job. But how great of a fit has he been for the city and certainly for the franchise? He's been perfect. You know, we asked him about it uh, yesterday again, just if he's had the opportunity to sit back and realize, you know, what he's accomplished and the the job that he's done with this team. And, you know, you can ask him all day long if you're surprised about this, surprised about that. It's so funny. You know, I guess when you've been playing football, uh, every year of your life since, you know, maybe middle school, as is the case with D'Amico Ryans, you learn just to think this way naturally. It becomes innate where it's week to week. I'm concentrating on this opponent, and that's it. And so you're not going to get a great, sexy answer from D'Amico Ryans when you talk about uh, the job that he's done. And he didn't want to talk about himself. He wants to talk about the team. But I'll talk about him. He's been fantastic. Uh, it, it's been an immediate impact, immediate culture shift. And you knew it from day one without ever hearing him say one single solitary word because we knew him as a player. And we knew the type of leader he was even as a rookie, as a middle linebacker for the Texans years and years ago. And so I, he said something that really stuck out to me a couple of days ago in a, uh, an availability where talking about the relationship that he and Casario have built, why they've been so successful, they see football the same way. And that was in serious doubt. Whenever D'Amico Ryans came in, there was questions of Nick Casero even being around, uh, being GM beyond the draft, rumors there. How, is he long for this job? Do they see football the same way? D'Amico Ryans from day one has said that, and he reiterated it a couple of days ago. And that just really stood out because if you're paying attention to the moves that they are making and the way that these guys are playing that they've br- that they brought in, you can absolutely guarantee that these guys are in lockstep and seeing football the same way. And to me, that's the most important thing. D'Amico, certainly the right man for this job. And it's funny, is we were talking about Shane Steichen as a possibility. He certainly appeared to have been the right guy for the Indianapolis Colts job. Hey, Sean, I want to ask you about uh, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, first-time uh, play caller for the Texans. Um, uh, it, it's a little tough to evaluate him. I think he's done a good job, but in your opinion, has it been just because he has, they found their answer at quarterback and C.J. Stroud is such a phenomenon, or are you, uh, are you actually satisfied with Bobby Slowick and the job that he has done as play caller? It's a good question. Um, you know, Bobby Slowick has certainly had his moments in Houston this season, um, you know, after a slow start, which, you know, could be expected with the rookie quarterback and just a lot of new, um, he really found a way to evolve this offense with so many moving parts on the offensive line. They're on their seventh, potentially their eighth different starting line uh, this regular season on Saturday, but I'm assuming that Laramie Tunsil is good to go and Charlie Heck's going to stay in at right tackle. But I think you have to evaluate it, um, you know, kind of in a vacuum, understanding that uh, 
it, it's his first year as an offensive coordinator, first year as a play caller, and say, hey, is this acceptable for a rookie, essentially? And I'd say absolutely yes, given the injuries and so many moving parts and a rookie quarterback. And T.J. Stroud gives him all the credit in the world, and he turns around and does the same thing. Um, those guys have been as close as you could possibly get. And it's really come down to C.J. Stroud's level of preparation that he brought in with Bobby Sloat that's helped him kind of evolve this offense. I think you look at one thing, and that is the ability after the first really two weeks of the season. C.J. Stroud was hit 19 times, sacked 11 times against the Ravens and the Colts. You looked at this offense and you said, oh, my goodness, They've got to find a way to get the quick pass game going. C.J. Stroud's got to get rid of the ball. He can't hold it. It's got to be one second, two second go. Bobby Sloat found a way to do that. There was about a seven-week stretch there where C.J. Stroud, I think, went four or five games without taking even one sack and maybe a total of four sacks. And that quick pass game was going. It didn't matter if you had Nico Collins at your disposal or Tank Dell, Robert Woods. Different guys were different dudes in different games, they all stepped up in different ways with a horrible run game and an offensive line that was up and down. Bobby Sloat's done a tremendous job given the circumstances, and I think people are excited uh, to see what he can do in the next couple of three years, if they even exist. People like him so much around here, they think he's going to get plucked for a head coach in the next few months. Talking to Sean Bajani, covers the uh, Houston Texans. They've got that play-in game essentially coming up Saturday night in Indianapolis. Now, uh, we look forward to future conversations, Sean, about the direction of this organization. But as for the game on uh, on Saturday night, uh, Indianapolis could be telling the exact same story of, uh, you know, where did they come from kind of thing with a rookie head coach. And, and they had a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson when they beat Houston the first time, week two. And now it's uh, Gardner Minshew. What are the biggest challenges the, uh, the, uh, the Texans face in this game uh, on the road on Saturday? And I, what, what's your level of optimism for the Texans in this game? Ooh, boy, it's tough when you ask me my level of optimism <laughs> in any game. I never, <laughs> I never go into any Texan game feeling fantastic. You must be a Houston. Um, you must be a lifelong no. Houstonite. You know what I'm saying? That's how. That's like, I, I'm a Houston guy too, and that's how we think, right? That's how we think. Yes, absolutely. Born and raised in Houston. Uh, I've been sports burned before, <laughs> you know, uh, many, many times with the Astros, Texans, Rockets. But uh, I think you have to look at this game uh, very, very carefully. You know, it's it's been a long time. And both sides, I'm sure, have talked about it to this point. It's It's been a lot of weeks since they've faced off against each other, two very different teams. To me, this comes down to a question of what matters more matchup-wise, is it a Texans depleted receiver core versus a depleted and inexperienced Colts secondary? Or is it the Colts' defensive line and really their front seven against a Texans banged-up, battered, bruised offensive line, potentially? And maybe just not a very good one to begin with. What is it going to look like with C.J. Stroud back there? Because prior to last weekend's Titans game, when C.J. Stroud was out there pre-concussion, so three games ago, he was running for his life. I mean, he was getting sacked four, four, five times every single game, and he was having to figure out ways to be successful outside of the pocket. I got tired of hearing about how they were being successful at the scramble drill. I don't want a scramble drill. I want C.J. Stroud the one second, two second, boom, get rid of the football. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge thing on Saturday is just how successful C.J. Stroud can get rid of the football. Can Bobby Sloat dial something up against an inexperienced Colts secondary, which surely is going to be playing a ton of zone? Can he find those spots, find Nico on some crossers, You know, maybe take a chance, calculated chances down the field over the top? It's just going to be interesting because you don't know if you're going to have even Robert Woods at your disposal. You know Noah Brown's going to be out for this game. Um, And the Texans' depth really stops there at the actual receiver core position. Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan, tight end slash fullback options for the Texans have been great. It's just going to be a very interesting watch to see how Bobby Sloat tries to take his chances and find his spots in that secondary with that pass rush. I mean, you talk about Ebicom, you talk about uh, DeForest Buckner, uh, Oda Yingbo, their backup, off the edge. It doesn't matter. They're one-two guys 
I think they've got a combined 22, 23 sacks amongst all four or five of them that play. It's going to be a very difficult challenge on Saturday for that Texans offensive line to get Stroud the time and for Stroud to find those holes in that defense. Great breakdown right there, Sean Bajani with Sports Radio 610. Uh, yeah, that uh, receiver core decimated for Houston. No Tank Dell, uh, no, possibly no Robert Woods, no Noah Brown. It's really Nico Collins and the tight ends and Devin Singletary running the rock trying to generate some offense for Houston against a very good Colts D on the road on Saturday night. Sean, thanks so much, man. We'll do this again. Uh, hopefully it's uh, talking about a possible playoff run for the Texans. If not, we'll talk about the future and the draft and those kind of things for the Texans. But uh, appreciate you getting up early with us this morning. Appreciate you. Absolutely, guys. Enjoyed talking some ball with you guys. Y'all have a great day. You right, too. There you go. Thanks, Sean. There you go. Sean Bajani. We'll do a great job. Check in with him again. And we'll talk more about this game. We're up against the, uh, the, the, the top of the hour break or the, the short break here to the top of the hour. But then we'll pick up the bullish or BS topics out of the a- AFC and NFC playoff situations. Uh, Cowboys, bullish. Should be easy, right? Should be easy on the road at Washington on Sunday. We'll talk about it with you, plus more on the Longhorns and the uh, departures to the National Football League that came out yesterday. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Appreciate Sean Bajani talking uh, a little Texans Colts. Rod, real quick off that conversation, bullish or BS on the Texans tomorrow night in primetime? Oh, man, that's good. I'm actually, because we're going to do a more, a, a more thorough breakdown about this later on. I'm bullish on it. Ooh, good. Yeah, I'm bullish on it. I feel good about it because uh, you brought up a good point about, you know, they got to stop the run game. Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. Last time the Texans met up against – uh, the Colts, they were a different defense because it was only, what, week two or whatever of the season. So they hadn't really developed a comfort level in that D'Amico Ryan's defense. Uh, the example of that is last three games, 14 sacks for the Texans. That's the most in the NFL in the last three games. They've, that they've, had, they've, they've they, sacked the quarterback or been sacked? No, they, they've sacked the quarterback. Oh, that's talking good. about the D'Amico Ryan's defense. Yeah, there they you got, go. They got 14 sacks in the last three games. They're, they're, even though they got a lot of injuries, by the way, uh, the guys are becoming more comfortable in the defense. Um, I think they'll be ready for Jonathan Taylor and Gardner Minshew. And I'll, I think I, the key to, to, to limiting and neutralizing Gardner Minshew is something we'll talk about in Raj Rant because there are some really compelling numbers about how to defend Gardner Minshew that I think the Texans could uh, benefit from. Yeah, and I do. I, having watched all the Texas games this year, I think that Colts game was their worst performance. Well, the Jets game was their worst performance of the year. Uh, but that, that game was just they, – they, they got – really outcoached in that game and outplayed in that game. And I, I like how Sean said that that's when they kind of changed the offense, went to the quick passing game. And this would be a different team, and every team's got injuries. But Houston, is, as Sean pointed out, and you pointed out this year, Rod, most injured team in the league. You know, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and Nico Collins, then you've got a formidable receiver core mm-hmm. with Dalton Schultz and um, which in Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce in the backfield. But you're missing three of the four receivers. Yep. So it's, it, they can focus on Nico. Can you give enough – protection for the quarterback against a very good front to allow the passing game to evolve. I thought that was a great breakdown. We'll do more of it. Uh, so bullish should be yes. Are you bullish of the Cowboys going in and clinching their division rod on Sunday afternoon, 325 against a, a commander team, let's be honest, that you know made the trades at the deadline to trade their two top pass rushers. Ron Rivera is on thin ice. They've lost seven in a row. This, is, this can't be a losable game for the Cowboys if they're really intentional about playing deep into the playoffs, right? They'll be a laughing stock if they lose this game. I don't think they will. I'm bullish on the Cowboys winning the game. They know what's on the line. Magnus, this is a this is a Cowboys team is a good team. Um, they just they can't can't consistently keep that level of play on the road. And yeah, three and five, three and five on the road yeah, this year. They're a good team, though. It's just that on the road, they're a different team. They are. It is. Uh, but this this Washington team seems like they're it's they're not. they're happy to be locked in as the number two overall draft pick behind the uh, yeah, those guys the Bears. <laughs> their bags. Some of those guys' bags are already packed. They, yeah. The vacation plans are made. They're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Yes, and. Uh, new ownership group and all that that's going on there in Washington. Uh, Ty, are you bullish or BS on your Cowboys? You said you're back on the bandwagon now that the Texas Longhorns are out, but uh, you're feeling pretty confident about 325 Sunday? Yeah, I mean, come on. 
Come on, Col- if, if they lose on. this game, it would. I I will probably never watch a Cowboys game ever again. I'll, I'll say that now. <laughs> oh, we Ooh. talked earlier about just how big the game Not is. On the line, then. Oh man, you're giving up your fandom you, if they yeah, lose. Yeah, exactly. You had to renounce your I mean, fandom. Baltimore has already been my second favorite team, and they're 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 creeping closer and closer to to, to okay. being my favorite. It, not, okay. I mean, I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life, but I'm just tired of being disappointed. But I am back on the bandwagon. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I feel you. What do you have in bullish or BS, Rod? Anything uh, percolating? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I did something I wanted to uh, to bring up. Okay, so there's a Washington Post article uh, from Jason Lockenfora, um, and he mentioned something about Nick Casario. Here's the, the line, the excerpt from the article. He said, quote, um, he's talking about the Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That's what he's talking about. But then he mentions Nick Casario. He says, I continue to hear. Texans Nick Casario would be open to a return to New England if such an arrangement could be worked out. I meant to ask Sean Bajani about this. We kind of ran out of time. We were talking about the matchup. Bullish or BS on this report? To go back uh, as the GM? Yeah, he said, I continue to hear Texans GM Nick Casario would be open to a return to New England if such an arrangement could be worked out. He'd go back there, trust me, one GM said. Of course, he came as part of that uh, Bill O'Brien. After finding C.J. Stroud and building what you've built here, he goes to win executive of the year this year, potentially. Yeah, he could. Uh, would for you? the work they've done. If they make the playoffs and uh, right? get to 10 wins. Your window is open. This is the five-year window. The window is wide open. Why would you leave to go rebuild it again? Yeah, rebuild the Patriots. I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. We'll keep an eye. I would call BS for what you I just said. Do. I'm calling BS on it. And But to what Sean Bajani said to us, that remember, there were reports going into the draft that after the draft was over, he was going to be out. I remember this. And D'Amico Ryans yeah. wanted his own guy or his own, you know, someone he so was aligned with. So maybe that's the with. reason. But, you know, Sean pointed out that how aligned these two have been. And that just yesterday, D'Amico Ryans talked about how they see football the same. And that's why they've been able to pick up all, through all these injuries, bring in the right guys to help fill gaps and get through week to week. Interesting. Interesting on that. All right, there you go. Bullish or BS on the Texans and the Cowboys this weekend, folks. What say you? We come in on Monday. Do we have two playoff teams? Two playoffs. playoff teams in both Houston and Dallas. One can, And both could be division champs. How amazing would that be? That's the last time I had. If things fall their <laughs> way. Wow. Uh, took them up with Ian Rodby.